Hello and a very warm welcome to all of you on my special podcast Emotionally Yours with Pratik with me I have got uh, Miss Ate uh, Vida Arkaiga Ate in uh, Tagalog means elder sister so she is an elder sister to me and I'm really happy that today we will have a podcast where we talk about her journey uh, you know let me introduce her first so Vida Arshaga Arkaiga Arshaga Arshaga, I'm sorry, Vida Arshaga is one of the most recognized women in the Philippines. She was featured amongst the top 50 influential women in the Philippines, but she had a long journey for right from, uh, you know, uh, to being a two times cancer survivor to a fighter who actually fought her way out with the company who fired her to, to something which is uh, yeah and a very very successful career as a corporate person in the higher ranks in hr with the most successful bpos and uh, financial companies in in the philippines so i'm really glad we are in manila right now and with me a very warm welcome ate vida and we're really happy to have you yeah good morning pratik my brother so uh yeah it's also my honor to do this podcast with you and by the way pratik i look up to you because you're not only a brother to me but i consider you as my guru ah ah i'm flattered thank you thank you very much so this part i guess we need to edit all right (laughs) all right so let's let's talk about uh you know your overall journey if you could just tell us about your life journey how it has evolved over the period of time and then the most important aspect are the emotional turmoils that you faced in life so you know i would like to understand from where you come and uh, the most inspiring story that i find about you is uh, the two times cancer surviving and the real fighter spirit with which you come so don't go on the innocent face there is a big fighter spirit that she carries yeah okay Thank you for that. But before going further, uh, brother, yeah, I must correct you about being the top 15, okay? I'm actually only in the top 100 most influential Filipino women on LinkedIn for 2022 and for 2023. Awesome. Thanks for correcting. So top 100. So, you know, my, my corrections. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. Because that's very important, uh, Pratik. Uh, yeah, it's a fact that we're stating here, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're asking me about, uh, yeah, why I, how I went through my journey. Yeah. Yeah. The fighter in me. I think the cancers came much later in my life. Mm-hmm. I can say that I was born a fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My childhood was already uh, very challenging. Mm-hmm. I came from extreme poverty. I was born as a six month, six months premature baby. Oh. Yeah. And uh, the labor that my mother went through. Mm-hmm. So I went through with her, I believe. Those were five days of labor pains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I came alive. Okay. That's why I was named uh, Vida because uh, Vida means life in Spanish. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the name Vida Candida actually is full of life, 
right. ever since. Yeah, and Candida, uh, the name that they uh, twinned with Vida, mm -hmm. is the name of my mother's mother. Okay. Yeah, who I did not get to meet because she died at the age of 40, which mm -hmm. was quite young. Right. And I think she also had the cancer that I had. Oh. Yeah, but back then, they did not know what to do. They did right. not know that it was cancer, so she died really early. But I got her name, so I'm called Vida Candida. Okay, so going back to your request for me to share with our audience about, you know, being a cancer survivor and the journey of, you know, always fighting and winning. Of course, throughout the journey, there were also failures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were uh, quite serious failures, but I always managed to, to rise, mm -hmm. get up, pick up the pieces, and uh, came out as a better person every time, okay? So, throughout my childhood, my adolescence, yeah, I really was extremely poor. So mm -hmm. I am very popular in my hometown as the Sampagita girl. Sampagita? Sampagita. Yeah, it's okay. our national flower. Cool. Yeah, wow. I think globally or in India, you may equate this flower with jasmine. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we, we made the bouquets out of them and, and lace, jasmine lace, mm -hmm. garlands and necklaces, right? Mm. And I sold them even when I was very young, uh, at the age of five. I was already working to earn money. Mm. So as a, as a child, I already had that thought of, you know, you have to earn every penny. You have to earn in order to live. So that's how I lived with life. Okay, and the extreme poverty from childhood... Uh, I think that was not just a one-time challenge in my life. Yeah, it was a challenge all throughout. But that made me a very strong person, a very determined person to really understand poverty and that it is really important to, to rise from it. And so at an early age, I determined right away that education is the key. Okay? So... Yeah, going back to how you described me as a cancer survivor. Yeah, I said it came later in my life. Uh, it came when I was in my mid-40s. Mid-40s. Yeah, the first malignancy. Almost the same time when your grandmother died. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Right. So, it, uh, the malignancy started with my ovaries and my uterus. Mm -hmm. So, the, 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 the thing I was fortunate about is that early detection was possible. Mm -hmm. Early detection was possible because I could afford to have my checkup, you know, to get diagnosis, to get doctor's opinions, mm -hmm. and to go through the medication. Mm -hmm. And I say I'm fortunate to have the means to have that because I was really working. I oh. am working full-time. I did not stop working even with the diagnosis. So. It all started with the ovaries and the uterus. A few years after, my thyroid cancer was also diagnosed. Right. And a year after, it metastasized to my breast. Okay. So all in all, as a cancer survivor, I survived two types of cancer. 
uh, actually three if we count the metastasis. Mm-hmm. And I survived after eight operations, brother. Wow. Yeah. So right from your birth till now? Yes. Okay. The the biological struggle yes. itself mm-hmm. has been there. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I must say that this lady is an iron lady that we call. Yeah. Right. Never, never bogged down by poverty, by uh, biological issues. Yes. By, you know something as as uh, uh, difficult as cancer to deal with yes. and right from birth the struggle started yeah and that's I did it. not stop working brother right. yeah we must know that because that's very important right even after knowing that I have the illnesses I went with the medications that are necessary for me to be treated and be healed I did not stop working that makes this lady the iron lady that I call her. Yeah. The real fighter, okay, the killer instinct and amazingly emotional strength that I find. Because the moment you hear this word cancer, difficult to survive, death, okay, you need a lot of emotional strength. So let me take you to the journey yeah. of how these emotional strengths, from where did you derive these emotional strengths? Oh, okay, yeah, and I like the way you say it. emotional strength, yes. right? I think it's a competence, it's okay. a competence in itself, right. and as a skill, I, I call it as a, a really necessary life skill. The training ground for life skills is life itself, it's not our company. Hold on, now that's a very important statement that I find, that the training ground for Emotional strength is the life itself. Yes, awesome. life itself. The life teaches you many lessons, and how to stay strong emotionally is one of the lessons that you take. Yeah. So your question, brother, where did I draw that the emotional strength? strength? I think I would say, uh, if others would call themselves unfortunate because mm-hmm. they are born poor, mm-hmm. extremely poor. I would rather look at it positively, mm-hmm. yeah? And I call my every success, little wins, a sweet success, because I was born poor. For me, my poverty was a blessing. Wow. Because it made me a very hardworking person, very determined, very passionate, very ambitious, and I worked hard and smart to fulfill my goals and aspirations in life. So I think the poverty itself, the journey itself, being a very poor child mm. in a family that grew in the province, I think that gave me a very strong foundation to build my emotional strength. How do you call it? Fantastic. So the adversities of life, actually, you took them as opportunities to turn them around. Yes. And uh, this is something that I find very rare and half the people blame the circumstances for poverty, for poor health, they, you know, or, or anything that they come across. But then you took it as something that would make you more hardworking to overcome and derive emotional strength. So as I, you know, always say, and in my book also, which you must have gone through, I talk about bouncing back 
is more important than the initial failure mm. and the hunger and humiliation are the best two gurus that you find yes. and this is what uh, you know vida has been all through at the vida this was a very very insightful uh, understanding on emotional strength but i'm sure on the journey you might have encountered a lot of uh, you know uh, situations where you were in dilemma which way to go mm. how much you need to really put in for you know uh, you know and and when the things are uncertain when you have no clarity over you know whether you would survive the cancer whether you would talk about you know working hard whether you would all through while working uh, it would impact your performance and then the employers may look it otherwise yes uh, which which is a hard bitter ugly truth of this world right okay how did you deal with that okay um i think uh to be uh, to give our audience and you mm-hmm. uh, a really helpful and clear picture okay of how i went through this i i, I have three critical incidents mm-hmm. in my life brother patrick uh, pratik um i have a lot more than three but you know in my mind uh while preparing for this discussion of ours i have this three critical incidents that i want to share okay mm-hmm. number one, the cancer mm-hmm. because it it has made me popular popular vida the cancer survivor right so i i uh, i um, i used to meet groups of people cancer patients and victims themselves Mm-hmm. with their families with their support groups even with their doctors okay to inspire them on how to deal with this okay wow. another incident is the death of my mother okay mm-hmm. so we're a very closely knit family right. very small family my mother my father who was not a constant physical figure in the family mm-hmm. because he worked remotely and he did not come to our province quite often mm. so we saw him very rarely so it was the constant uh togetherness was with my sister mm-hmm. and my mother so we were very close so when my mother got ill uh it was uh, a really heavy burden to carry okay mm. the medications the emotional turmoil the the fear of even just the thought of losing her was an emotional challenge not every day but every hour oh every minute yeah so when we're at home i'm quite relaxed and cool because i see her mm. being all right although she's sick but whenever i leave home or i left the house and go to my work there's always that fear of what if I come home later tonight and my mother is no longer there so oh. that gave me that you know that feeling of fear and apprehension that nervousness that anxiety okay but i always thought that whatever happens i believe that we all have souls okay yes. and that where when we pass from this world there's a place where we will meet each other again. Mm. That's how I kept it positive, okay? So, came the time when she was confined 
the neuro ICU for 31 days. That was the final chapter of her life. That was the only time also that I took a long leave of absence from my work. Mm -hmm. I was known to have really great attendance, okay? But at that time, I decided, I am in that dilemma of, you know, taking a long leave of absence while taking care of my mother at the hospital. And, you know, having that time that I may neglect my work. So that alone is a choice that I made. I, and I said to myself, even if I become absent from work because I have proven my worth, my values, my commitment to my company, this is the only time that I can serve my mother well as a daughter. So I took the decision that I'll stay in the hospital with her at the neuro ICU where I lived literally pretty. Mm. Yeah. So that I, I know, will be I there. Mean, even visiting ICU is scary, so I can imagine yeah. how you live through it. Yes. My and God. then the, the sad part is that after thirty one days I had to make a a a major crucial decision mm -hmm. whether to continue with the support system for my mother at the hospital mm -hmm. or just pull it because okay. we already were drained mm. financially okay so i had this conference with all her doctors i tried to understand so well what will happen if you pull the plugs out if we pull the plug or we continue treating her and we get ourselves buried in debt right mm. so i prayed hard while she was in coma i talked to her whispered in her ears that uh, mom, I will not let you agonize more. And so we're making this final decision to part ways and we'll see each other again. That's how I kept myself calm, being the one in charge of decision making. All right. Yeah. Because she was helpless at that time. I could not consult her. And even if I prayed to God, God would not literally give me the answer, right? So that's how I dealt with the emotional turmoil. I know that it will be very sad to lose my mother. And yet I looked at the side where the realities of life should guide me in decision making. I would not like us to be buried in debt. And even if she leaves with the support system, she wouldn't wake up from the coma situation. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the decision made was to let her go, to cut the agony, and to continue living. Yeah. One of the most difficult decisions yes. to be made. Yeah. And the other one. Mm -hmm. Okay, just briefly. Okay, uh, you said I was very famous in the corporate world. Yes. yes. That was true. And yeah. that is still true. Yeah, because... That I, I can see. Yeah, yeah I really you know, We are your partners in... I contributed, I contributed right. a lot to my companies that employed me, but I had this one experience, Brother Pratik, where I did not want to leave. I wanted to go on and move on, but there was force in the way I was taken out of my job. So I would not elaborate more, mm. but 
that was also a big blow big difficult yeah big situation. difficult situation but at the end of the day it's only me who can help myself by having the right perspective yes yeah at the time when i lost my job i said to myself maybe after surviving the cancers continuing with this routine of having a full-time job working 14 to 16 hours a day will not be good for me and my health so i took it positively that way and i took it as a break mm. from the routine and i had ample time to decide how will i move on after losing a job while i i was employed for the most part of my life and so that's when i decided pratik to put up my own company yes in hr consulting training and that's how that's how we, we met. found each other right, right? <laughs> oh, okay so this was a wonderful insight on how you you know carried out with your fight of life and the best part that you've said and which i'm i'm really recording it for life is that emotional strength is a skill yeah. and life itself will build that strength if you take it positively right absolutely and uh, this was a fantastic journey in terms of starting on your own after losing mm -hmm. job never say no or never die spirit yeah. all right literally and uh, that makes you the you know one of the most influential persons i'm sure you know in in life overall in your corporate journey uh, if you could unfold a little bit about the situations that you faced where your emotional strength was tried mm -hmm. okay or you know with could be dealing with a difficult client or dealing difficult coworkers or bosses or anything okay i would and my uh, our viewers would really like to uh, know more about it yeah okay so uh yeah in my role as mm -hmm. a leader in human resources mm -hmm. function and organization development yeah of course a lot of responsibilities and accountabilities lie in the in the hands mm -hmm. of a leader in hr in an organization whether the organization is small, medium or large, it's, it's the same, yeah. You take care of 10,000, 20,000 people, it's the same. Or even 5 people for that matter. 5 right. or 10 people, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, the function itself, human resources manager or leader, yeah, already integrates. Mhm. Mm a lot of duties and responsibilities that are not just about work mm -hmm. it's really about dealing with people pratik so i think when you say emotional strength or our ability to manage our emotions and you know know our emotions and know how to respond to them or handle them i think it's a competency that is very well demanded from somebody who's fulfilling a role like this mm. in any organization and it goes beyond work hours actually oh yeah yeah when we deal with people people are people yeah we are not just dealing with them during work hours yeah. or shifts 
yeah, even outside the building, yeah, there's still the people that we deal with. So it is not confined within the workplace. No. Yeah, so emotional intelligence, brother, is something that we leaders in HR or as leaders of any function, I would say, should have. Yeah, absolutely. And this emotional intelligence has been something that you've been a walking example of. Mm -hmm. So I would want to take you to the next part in which, uh, you know, I would like to discuss about, uh, you know, things that you find that these were difficult people to handle. Okay, whether it is in, in your profession, whether it is in your life overall, or mm -hmm. you know, clients, or it could be suppliers, it could be anybody. I remember once, you know, we were discussing, and you said that uh, there was somebody that the client owes money, but then you know, it's very difficult to recover. Yeah. And this really resolves your emotional strength. You know that you know you rightfully owe the things, and mm -hmm. still been denied. So when things are going out of control, whenever you felt that, you know, whether there is a co-worker, his or her behavior is not very conducive, uh, you know, or, or a supplier or, or, a, tra or a vendor yeah. or, or a client, at that point of time, when things are not in your control and people come up, give you all the reasons uh, in term which are more emotional than otherwise and as you rightly said that the work does not stop at office yeah. it continues post that because people issues are always uh, people issues yeah. so I would like to understand the most difficult situations you would like to put across in terms of how you overcame them with the emotional intelligence that we're talking about mm -hmm. okay it's a uh... For me, it's a discipline. Discipline? Thing. Yeah. That, you know, to be able to manage or handle our emotions mm -hmm. well, we have to empathize. Right. Yeah, so we have to put ourselves in the shoes of the other person mm -hmm. or other people that affect our current situation, know the root causes, mm -hmm. why they are in that kind of a situation, that affect us mm -hmm. and that's where we guide our emotions by you know content by the right context by facts by realities that we cannot change so that we will be able to manage how we react and respond to our situations so understanding the context and putting yourself in the other person's shoes mm -hmm. in short empathy yeah okay and uh, the situations okay around that are equally important is what you say i couldn't have agreed more on it because it's very important to know why a person behaves the way he or she does right right uh, we have been in a culture which is in philippines where things are not very openly spoken about mm -hmm. right there's a lot of implicit communication that goes in vis-a-vis uh, -vis you have handled clients from us you know mm -hmm. who are just the opposite they're confrontational they're straightforward, straightforward right precisely and uh, they're assertive mm -hmm. as compared to what you see in philippines yeah all right so how did this emotional intelligence help you map this gap in terms of you know on one hand you have a client who's assertive who's 
straightforward was blunt mm. okay to the extent that we may find that he's rude on um, there are people who feel that uh, who do not speak up at all yeah even if they you know inside they may be carrying a lot of emotions yeah within themselves and you at a crossroads where you're still unable to reason out either of it yeah yeah you're right i mean you know uh, and i think you have uh, more than adequate observation okay about filipinos yeah in more general than, more than 9 years that yeah, i think in general here. yeah right and you're right about you know how typically we filipinos are described in terms of communicating we are so good in communicating but yeah usually a lot of filipinos would not say it in front of you so as a leader myself for example if i find out that some of my staff subordinates or team members would talk behind me for example and i think this is a really good example branding mm -hmm. okay we indians are no different by the way <laughs> just a small degree of variation yeah yeah right but i have worked with a lot of indian indians. brothers and sisters and, as well right right so how i deal with this is that I consider myself as the main player. Mm. Okay? So I mean if I'm interacting with another person or many persons and I am there, we are all in that same situation, I will consider myself always that I'm the main player because I'm the only one that I can control best. All right. So what you're saying is you only have control on the circumstances that you Uh, you know which are in your hand yes and forget about what happens otherwise uh -huh. yeah. just devise a mechanism to respond yeah so i try to understand others but it will take time for me to understand them better but for myself immediately i can tell to myself okay vida don't react negatively mm. and so i keep it constant even if the situation is quite challenging quite provoking even negative emotions like anger disgust or you know uh surprise okay i will not just be swayed by that mm -hmm. just because the stimulus oh okay. would typically guide me to react in a in a typical way so i'm guided always by the stimulus response you know mm -hmm. continuum or theory So the stimulus is something that I cannot change. Yeah. Because it comes from other people. But the way I respond is something that I'm in control of. Mm. So I I hope you're getting yeah, right. it. Yeah. So more than reactive being responsive. Yes. A mm. B is taking the ownership. Yeah. 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 So these are the ways forward. Yeah. All right. You are my guru. Ah, ah, yeah, so I, I, Thank I you. actually that that belief of mine was actually enhanced by my learnings from your book, from your book itself. Yeah, so it's a stimulus response, brother. So that means that you know if you are provoking me mm -hmm. to get mad, for example, and that's your intention, All right. I couldn't change that. Yeah, but I can determine. a number of ways by which i can react to you or respond to you so i would not just be swayed by how you stimulated me mm. yeah because 
I first should be aware of possible consequences that you know if I'm lost then the more or the worse that the situation can be oh yeah so those are the emotional impact assessments is what right. you're talking about so the, my next question is again about the emotional impact okay have there been any situations where you know those have made deep emotional impacts on you in terms of uh, you know where you wanted things to go a particular manner mm -hmm. and they don't go the, in that manner mm -hmm. and yeah. then you start feeling you know lost feeling mm -hmm. failed at times mm -hmm. disappointed yeah. and and then has it really taken a big toll on you I'm sure there would be uh, situations where you were full of frustration rage disappointment yeah. and so on and so forth let's talk about a couple of them and then understand how you overcame them yeah okay so uh well by my being a cancer victim mm -hmm. back then because i consider myself now as a celebrated survivor cancer okay. survivor yeah when i found out mm -hmm. okay about my situation yeah i could react in so many ways right mm -hmm. I, of course, I felt grief. I'm a human being, and reactions like that would be Natural. normal. Normal, okay. So there's grief, depression, sadness. There's the fear. Mm -hmm. You know, what if I only have a few months left, mm -hmm. and I leave my child? She was very young then, my daughter, right? right? And my husband, and the big extended family that I support okay mm -hmm. but to be dwelling so much on those negative emotions would further make me sick mm -hmm. and ruin me and I told our audience earlier that I did not stop working right so if I chose to be affected negatively by the finding of the doctors about my cancers then I would not perform in my work. Mm -hmm. I would lose my momentum and I would, you know, I would uh, maybe lose sight of my goals at work mm -hmm. and my job security would be affected and that will make things worse because I am a breadwinner, brother. Right. And if I am a cancer patient and I lose my job as well, then you know, I, I fear that I would not have the means to be treated. I would not also have the means to provide for my family. Then it becomes a really disastrous condition. Situation. Right, right. So, I quickly responded to the situation saying that I should fight this. I should fight this. I should have the will to survive because others draw their strength from me and others leave because of the livelihood that I provide, right? So that's how, it, it may sound simple, of course, but it is It's easier. not as simple yes, as it sounds. Yeah. The second incident that I would use as an example is, you know, after having contributed to a company where, you know, almost impossible goals were given mm. to me as a leader, of course, I was very happy at first because I was 
recognized for my contribution. I was rewarded well. I was earning really well that provided for me and my family and my extended family. And all of a sudden, there's this change in the organization that kicked me out literally of the company. Of course, I was sad at first. I was angry. I felt that how could I be treated this way after having contributed to the growth of my company? Don't they respect people? But, okay, I know that in business also, there could be harsh realities that we, even as leaders, should face. And being an HR expert, I tried my best to understand that. But the, at the end of the day, after analyzing the root causes and the ways how other people in the organization behaved and treated me, I, I came to the reality that it's a fact I could not change. That even if I deserved respect, some people couldn't just leave that, give that mm. to other people. And I couldn't change them. Okay? So the way I dealt with that is I got my team members together, prepared them for the situation where I would no longer be there. And yeah, we uh, we together transitioned <coughs> so quickly mm -hmm. so that the company and its business will not suffer. So okay. despite of the fact that the company took an action, yes. you still supported in terms yeah. of the transition. Right. Now that's unfathomable. Yeah. Okay. That kind of a commitment, that kind of an attitude is ways, ways different from what we Great. So, that's awesome. It was lovely talking to you, Atevida, as it has always been. As her name suggests, right, Vida, life. You could see that she is full of life. Yeah. She is full of positivity and a very dear sister of mine. Uh, and and uh, the Iron Lady, the most influential ladies uh, in Philippines, uh, many, many, many thanks for the lovely talk that we had and we wish you a very, very good uh, Merry Christmas coming up. So yeah. we're yeah. wishing you Happy New Year yeah. for 2024 and uh, just be the way you are, inspiring millions and millions. So very, very inspiring journey from a cancer survivor to to. You know, from a premature baby to a cancer survivor to a corporate leader and now an HR consultant. It was awesome talking to you, uh, Atevida, and uh, many thanks for choosing us to for this podcast. Thank you yeah. very much. And I have my closing remark. All okay. right. Please yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So emotions are very important. Yes, they are. Because emotions are the only things that cannot be automated. Mm. Emotions make us humans. Yeah. And I think that I was born to serve humanity. Wow. That's a brilliant thought. On that brilliant thought, we close this, the closing remarks, and it was awesome. It was really nice, as we always say that 
Sometimes we feel that we're making choices, but choices make us. So taking it further, Atevita has said, we all are emotional beings, and that's all the more reason why we should look at our emotions in a more clearer and a better manner, be in touch with them, regulate them, and be emotionally intelligent. Thank you very much. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you. Thank you.